Hello from Awakenai country, this is Tim McCardle, Leroy Junior Senior High School Principal, and welcome back to another edition of Principal McCardle's Weekly Update Podcast. We have an awesome show in store for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy hearing from our Awakenites. All right, we're going to kick off the podcast this week with a special guest. Uh, you know, we only bring Mr. Holly on the podcast when it's super big news, and uh, he is back here. We have some some more super big news, and we're excited to announce that starting on April 6th, uh, we will be going K-12 back to five days a week of in-person learning. Uh, it's been a long uh, journey and a long road that we've navigated to get ourselves back to this spot and we're really excited to be able to offer uh, a five-day in-person learning experience. So, Mr. Holly, uh, thank you for joining us on the podcast uh, uh, this week, and uh, I want to thank you for all the work that you've done uh, with the school board and, and with our team to, to get us back into this position. Um, wh- you know, what does it mean to you to, you know, to be starting back five days a week starting on April 6th? First of all, Mr. McCarl, happy Friday before break here. That's always an exciting part for our teachers and our students. Um, getting back to it, this has started back in August 2020 um, when we uh, were dealt with the situation of trying to reopen school for September. Our goal at that time was to provide a system that provided choice for our families, and, and that has not changed throughout the year. And our system allowed for, obviously, a full remote option, we had a hybrid learning model built in, and we also, our goal was, like I said before, was to get back to in-person learning on any point in the year when um, the metrics allowed that. So this started to heat up as we've gone throughout the year, and we've had our ebb and flows of um, the, the virus affecting communities. We were a little bit later here in Western New York in the Finger Lakes region than what New York City was back in March and April. And I think when you look at what happened, things that were predicted came true. So if you look at it after the Thanksgiving break and after our our holiday break in December into January, numbers creeped very high. In fact, Genesee County was one of the highest counties in the state at just about almost 13%. And, you know, mitigation, um, awareness, getting back to testing and, you know, following the guidelines of social distancing, and wearing masks, you know, slowly started to chip away at that to where we're at a point right now where in the Finger Lakes region, we're at about a 1.9 for a 14-day rolling average. And we're just about 2.7, 2.8 for a 14-day rolling average for Genesee County when it comes to positivity. So with all that being said, we really heated up our, our, our plan on February 12th where I communicated with families uh, through a Zoom uh, video conference that was videotaped and and sent out to families along with a letter and a a PowerPoint presentation about our transition plan. And at that point, numbers were getting back in line. We had just introduced high-risk winter sports um, with basketball, ice hockey, wrestling. And I think getting our students back in that in that part was important for our kids but it was also important for us to see that again if that the state would allow us to do the things that we need to we can do things safely and i think i, I say this we have not seen any transmission in our schools um, from the start of the school year it's been traced back from a student to student adult to adult or adult to student and i think that we're a safe location the data doesn't lie our cleaning protocols what we've set up, wearing masks, 
um, social distancing. We, we've put that together to, to make things safe. And when cases have come up, we've dealt with them. We've quarantined. We've followed the process. We've worked with the local Department of Health, and we've worked with our school specialists in order to deliver that. So getting back to the February 12th, we put that in place. We've been methodically going through. On March 3rd, we welcome back our Jello students for a three-day-a-week transition. Following that next week with um, our AWACA students, and then we've alternated every other week, and we've been successful in doing that. And I think that this is, a, you know, I know we'll talk more into that, but this has been a testament to um, our teachers, our administrators, and our students who have, you know, worked in a system that is, is nothing but normal, but have made it normal and made it work. And I think that that's exciting as we look to April 6th that we can do what we need to in order to keep our students and staff safe and um, you know, get our students back in where they belong five days a week in a normal school setting as best we can do it right now um, during this pandemic. Yeah, I can't, can't uh, echo that enough as far as the work that's been you know, put in and, and the methodical efforts, you know, even bringing back the furniture and, and all those different things. It's been a you know, one step ahead uh, situation. Um, I want to make sure that you know our listeners that are listening. Um, you can access the district information of the of this transition on our website, as well as our specific uh, you know letter to families and students, uh, also on our district website. Uh, you know, so make sure to receive and and check those two items out. Um, those will have the logistics as far as. You know the uh, transportation, the doors we're using, all the things that you know that that are important. Uh, we really want to make sure that you review all of that um, because we want everyone to be ready to go. Speaking of getting ready to go, you know we know that change is tough, and, and that you know from from afar coming back to five days instruction, you know might make you know total sense to yeah we're gonna everyone's just gonna run out of bed and and, and sprint to the school, but. You know, we also are very, you know, cognitive of that, you know, change is, is, is not as easy as it may look and that this is an adjustment. It is. And I think I'm going to go back to one other thing that you point out, which I think is important, is that when you look at it, there's change in this. And then there's also some, some simplicity in what we've been doing and keeping with that. And what I want to point out with what the simplicity is, is that there's not a lot of changes when it comes to our protocols, wearing masks all the time. Um, in our classrooms, and our buses, in the hallways is still a must, right? That, that has not changed. The second thing is our pre-screens before school, parents checking your child. If they have any COVID-like symptoms, you keep them home. That hasn't changed. Temperature checks that are going to happen here in school are going to happen. Um, following protocols with six feet social distance in the cafeteria and taking our mask off, our kids are going to be able to do that, and eat our lunch as they have throughout the year. When the core activity in the classroom allows less than six feet to go and they're wearing masks, that's allowed as long as our students are wearing masks. So all those things are staying the same, but Mr. McCarley, you're exactly right. For some of our students, giving up some of the off days is going to be a, a definite change and adjustment for them. And I think that starts where it sounds easy of getting in a routine. And I think this break can provide that opportunity. People argue the flip side of it, we're going to get worse off of our routine, but I think it can provide an opportunity um, to get our mindset back ready to go, knowing that we got to get ourselves in a routine at night, getting to bed early, maybe not doing PlayStation um, at night at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, but now getting to bed 
at that time. And then, you know, for our younger students and that, getting to bed early, you know, to get their rest and, and, and ready to go to school. And then, you know, getting on that routine. But I'm excited too, because I think one of the advantages that, that you've created here at the junior senior high school, we're going to have probably 60% of our students come when spring sports on April, when they start on April 19th. We're going to have 60% of our student population jump in. That routine alone, participation in athletics, extracurriculars, we've had the musical, we're going to have you know, all sorts of offerings here in the, in the realm of, of, again, of athletics. Our kids are going to be busy. Busy is good for our kids and getting back going, and I think that's an important part um, as they transition back. When they get back in the classroom, they're going to come in contact with students they have not seen um, since you know, only in a Zoom um, possibly, or that they haven't been in class with since last March. I think our teachers know that coming back on the 6th is like a whole new school year, that they are going to transition those kids, get them back to protocols of working together, and then you know hit the ground running on that to get prepared for our last 12 weeks of the school year. Yeah, and I, and I, and I can't say enough the, the work that our teachers and our counselors have put in play you know to to continue that focus on social emotional well-being and those efforts will continue um, as we go into the five-day uh, experience and, and any student that that needs that extra TLC you know can seek that out at our student success center you know see your see those connected teachers that you have and also stay after school I mean the, the after school time is so important to continue your your academics and, and to seek out those connections with our adults. So, you know, we invite you to do that. Um, you know, last question, Mr. Holly, just kind of like, you know, as, as you reflect back, um, you know, in this last year plus, um, and, and, and now as we turn the page for this, for this next, you know, um, you know, page for this next step that we're going to, you know, why is it great to be a knight right now? Well, I think that why it's great to be a knight is we talk about when things are going well, it's easy to be, um, doing what you're doing, right? You, things are in your in your are moving in your direction. It's great. The breaks are coming your way, and and it's easy to to kind of live life in that. You know, you look at what happened to us in March and the adversity um, that has been put upon us, not only as as a school district, but for parents, and most importantly, what we're here for is our students. Um, their world has been flipped upside down. And I think that anytime that we can bring normalcy back to our students and to our staff and our teachers is what we need to do. We have to advocate for them. And I think that I'm going to say this. Um, I think that there's some leaders around the state who have done a, an awful job of advocating for our kids. And I think it's our job locally to advocate for them, to bring them back, to support them together in an environment we know is safe, nurturing, and want what's best for them. So I think that part's exciting. And I think that why it's good to be in night is that we can take adversity like we have, we can um, deal with it, hit it head on, brush it off to the side, and then go on to the next challenge. And I think that that's what we want from our students. That's what we want from our teachers and staff. And I think that by building that type of student, it sets them up for any challenge that could happen. And they've lived that maybe something that some of these students and some of us as adults may never hopefully see again in our lifetimes. And it's pretty historic in what we're doing. And I think we're doing our best job to hit it head on. Our theme this year is nightitude. And, and, and with that, it's the comeback is always stronger than the setback. And I think that, Mr. Holly, your leadership and uh, you know, the, the school community and our students and our teachers and our staff have proven that 
uh, over this last year plus, and we look forward to just such a really hard, finished, strong uh, mentality here over these next 10, 11 weeks, and uh, so many great opportunities and great things and celebrations ahead of us. So keep your seatbelt uh, buckled because it's going to be a great, great run. Uh, any final thoughts, Mr. Howell? Yeah, I think that just to sum up what you said at the end, and I'm going to say this to our parents and anybody else who's, who's listening student-wise out there, or our teachers, is don't forget about our, our flexibility and what we need to do. Well, we're coming back. Our motto and mantra has been from the start of school year, we're always prepared for anything that's thrown our way. And we were prepared when September hit to go to full remote. We're in a hybrid learning model. Now we have to be prepared as we take the next step to come back in person that we're ready for any challenge that comes our way. If we have a spike or if we have issues with cases, we're going to work with our local health department and we're going to make the best decision for our students, which may mean that we come back to a, a, a hybrid learning model. We go remote, but whatever we do, the flexibility part has been there and it's a, and it's a testament to the school district and our parents for supporting each other in doing that. Well, I want to thank the big man on campus for uh, joining us uh, this week on the podcast. Always a pleasure. And uh, we look forward to April 6th and bringing our students back together. And as always, from Wackenai country, go Knights. All right, next up on the podcast this week, we're excited to swing the athletic spotlight to football. We are currently uh, sitting here in March talking football, which is awesome. We are in the fall two sports season, uh, the modified season this year, and we're really excited to have our Knights back out on the field. Uh, varsity football is off to a 1-0 start after a big uh, win in week one and uh, over Dansville, and uh, they are heading this week to Attica for week two. Uh, we have a gr huge number of uh, nights out uh, playing football in the 7th through 12th grade. Uh, I think it's over 80 uh, players, which is a very healthy number for a school this size, and we're really excited uh, to have our program continuing to thrive. Long-standing tradition of football, and uh, we're going to talk about that today. And I got three uh, uh, players with me here at the table. I'll have them introduce themselves, and we'll jump into some questions. I'm Zach Vanderhoof. I play right guard in the end. I'm Alex Penapeno. I play quarterback and outside linebacker. I'm Cody Lytle. I play receiver and defensive back. So, Alex, let's start with you. Uh, you know, this year's quarterback. You know, talk about. Just kind of the mojo of this team, how you guys have kind of handled yourselves, you know, in this shortened season, you know, the, you know, basically a two week, uh, you know, practice ready, you know, rather than like double sessions, a whole month of preparation, kind of give people just like that feel of the mojo and kind of how you guys jumped in the season and how you're already one and all. You know, with the season being so short, obviously you got to put in just that much more work work much harder in practice and just get everything done that you got to get done in like four weeks and like one or two. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as far as just kind of what your feelings is towards this team and the, like the, you know, the, the, the atmosphere, the culture, like, like what, how would you describe, you know, the group that you guys have? You know, we're competitors to say the least. We're all, we all got that one goal. We're looking for that sectional title in the end. And, and uh, Vandy, last year you guys ran the table, uh, you know, made it all the way to the Section 5 championship game, unfortunately losing there. It was great to be back in that finals game. How does that game sit in your mind? And, and how does that game, you know, have you guys kind of, you know, where you're at right now? 
you know, losing that game last year gave us all a horrible feeling, and that all that kind of sat with us throughout the whole off season. And with the extended off season, we kind of had more time to work towards our goal this year. And I think it's given our team more motivation this year, and I think it's going to help us out in the end. Cody, you've been a part of the uh, the program here. Uh, you know, talk about you know what is it uh, what does it mean to to be on. Leroy football like well, like what does it mean to put on the jersey um you know talk about that you know th- th- what that means to you I don't know well it started out with this when I was younger watching the varsity games like it's like the NFL games for me so just really representing the school putting the jersey on it's really cool and like feels like you're a hero to most people a lot of people love watching it and you love giving them a show yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was like over two thousand views of of the of the game from last uh, Friday night. You know, obviously we call that interest. You know, like we we, we call that um, you know people that want to see Leroy football. And I think the alumni base, um, you know, the former players. I mean, it is a great you know bond community. Um, Alex, talk about you know stepping into that quarterback role this year. You know, you look back at the quarterbacks that we've had over the years and the success. You know, what does it mean to you to step into that role and how are you, you know, you know, keeping that torch going? You know, it's it's not like most years. Most years we got a quarterback kind of lined up in like the previous years, like not last year with Kyler, but previous years before that we had like Jake and like just more dynamic quarterbacks. So this year I kind of just ran into the role, not really having any experience and I'm kind of just using my IQ to do what I can do for the team. The IQ is high because you've had a great first week, and and I think you know, and nothing against you, but I think all of us here could throw to Cody, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, like, for sure. so like, let's talk about having a dynamic guy like Cody, and how you as a quarterback have to kind of adjust your game to a guy that's this tall that can jump out of off the field. Oh yeah. Well, when you got a six three receiver with a forty plus inch vertical, I mean, you really just throw the ball up sometimes and just let him work with it, you know, let the athlete do what he can do. Yeah, and I think that that's a great point because, like, a lot of guys are trying to maybe, you know, pinhole, the, the, you know, certain balls. But, you know, you look at a guy like Josh Allen who has an arm that can chuck it wherever. I mean, he's taking that same mentality that you are with, some, you know, with a guy like Cody that you're just going to throw it to space because he's going to get there. And there's obviously, you know, you have to have confidence in that. And, yeah. and you clearly have that after watching the first week. Cody, like, knowing that teams know – you know, like, you're not a secret. Like, everyone knows that, you know, they, they see you on tape. You know, let's not give it all away here, but, you know, like, how do you approach, you know, the game knowing that there's a bullseye on your back? Um, well, it's definitely more tough. Every week you play, they keep watching more film. They get to know me, what I like to do. But it's really just coming down to the opportunity. I give Alex a little signal or, hey, like, look at this, like one guy on me, and then I'll just kind of – Give him the game plan yeah. from there and then try to throw it up to you. You guys clearly have some cool dynamics between each other so quickly here, and I think that that's going to be special, you know, moving forward, you know, throughout the year. So I can't wait to see the next chapter. Uh, Vandy, you know, like watching the tape last week and, you know, seeing, seeing the game, I mean, and, I, you know, I kind of joked with you uh, earlier this week, you know, it's like, Watching the National Geographic, um, you know, uh, hunting when you see like a slow motion, like this bear coming out of the woods that like just pounces on this little this little animal. I mean, that's kind of what I'm watching when I see you out there on the defensive end. I mean, 
I, I would, if I had to choose to be anywhere in the world, I would not choose to line up against you or be on the field that you're going to tackle. I mean, you've put the work in. I mean, your body looks, you know, like you look like a football player. I mean, talk about the dedication you've put in in this offseason and kind of like what you're bringing to the table this year. Yeah, I mean, I kind of live by, you know, you're not going to achieve your goals without putting in hard work. So I just kind of put my head down, work hard, and do the best I can every year. And so far it's paying off pretty well. Let's hope I can do that in the future. Line And I think talk about how speed has been important for you too because I think guys, you know, kind of get bulky, they, you know, and, and they maybe get one-dimensional with their training. I mean, talk about how specifically you've been training so that not only are you getting stronger, but your speed is, is a huge part of your game. Yeah, I mean, I do the strength work and everything like that, but over summer and during the season last year, I was doing speed training like – pulling a weighted sled, doing sprints and speed ladder work up a hill and everything like that, working in the sand. Speed's a big part because everybody goes to the gym and gets strong, but having that speed over your opponent really gives you the upper edge on them. Yeah, and I, and I just invite anyone that's listening to this to watch our game and to look for his number in the backfield and just w- attack that he has coming out. And that's why I use that. National Geographic example of the pouncing that comes, you know, with the, you know, with with the speed that he has. So it's really cool. Um, Alex, talk about the continuity of the offense. I mean, are you were you guys able to get the full package in here this quickly? And you know, kind of how are you using what is what we're calling this COVID mod, you know, modified season, you know, offensively? You know, obviously anyone could tell like. I'm I'm more of like a running quarterback. Like I like to move around. So, ooh, shoot! I kind of just forgot what you said. Yes. So, 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 just talk about like so. How much of the offensive package? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. So obviously, in the first game, we weren't really honestly able to get our run going like we thought it would be able to. So we had to pass more. But hopefully, during this week, we could get our runs. I don't know. Get them. Get them put together how we want them. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think and I think that's that's important because it's like two weeks of preparation. Yeah. You know, there's just not much, lot enough time, and, and kind of going week to week is kind of the thing that a lot of teams are probably going to have to do based on what they're playing, um, and, and and what what formations that they're going to show them. Cody, talk about the coaching staff. Um, you know, I mean, just a just a, a ton of experience. You know, uh, former players, alumni. You know, guys. It, it, it's it's a great staff, and you know, talk about how those guys. Uh, get you guys ready and how they've kind of influenced your life well what's been nice about that is starting from like modified again all those coach the same coaches like I got to know them through all my years playing and then I don't know they bring a lot to the table they know what they're talking about for sure offense defense special teams film like they got it all down so definitely very experienced and wise coaching stuff and what would you have to say about that, Alex? Yeah, they've just been pushing us their whole lives. Honestly, like off season, we're always in com- like communicating with them. It's not just during the season. Like, they've they've always wanted us to like I don't know. We've always talked to them throughout our careers about a sectional title, and hopefully, we could just get that this year. Love it. And Vandy, how about you? What would you have to say about the coaching staff? Uh, I think they've done a great job to this point. You know, they've kind of almost become like a family figure to us. I feel like. You know, we're always around them. We're always spending time with us, with them. And they just really help lead us the right direction and help our team out in general. Awesome. 
All right, we're going to finish up with a couple fun. Uh, I think every question has been fun, but these are like extra fun. How about we'll, we'll throw that out there? So uh, first question, everyone's got to answer. Uh, some rapid fire. Uh, first question is your go-to football cleat. Brand, name, if you know it. You know, like, like, like what are you running in? Uh, I go with the Under Armour, the below ankle uh, cleat with like the sock kind of thing on top. You know, keeps you fast, keeps you agile, keeps you light. I go right towards that same direction. I like the all-white low-top cleats. I mean, usually I go Nike, but this year I switched it up with some Under Armour. Okay. Uh, stayed true with myself, went with the Nike cleats, kept them low too, and all-white this year. Okay, go-to pre-game, you know, snack, meal, drink, something that gets you, like, you got to have it. If you don't have it, you're like, dang, I didn't eat that, I'm not going to do well. What is that? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the mac and cheese and Pedialyte, you know. You get the good carbs in with the mac and cheese, the energy, and then you got the Pedialyte. Keeps you hydrated, gives you electrolytes. It's the all-around package. I like a solid naked drink, like a smoothie, and I like granola bars too, and a banana if I remember. Keep away from the cramps. Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely, well, for week one I had a grilled cheese pretty good. I might go back to it this week and then... Did you make the grilled cheese? I did. Okay, wow. All right. It didn't burn it, though. No, I keep it very light. (laughs) All right. um, As far as, like, you know, you see players wearing the uh, Under Armour or, you know, the the, the tights or the, you know, the body armor stuff. I mean, do you go with any of that stuff? Yeah. I mean, I usually rock a back plate. I like the look of it. You know, it keeps me protected from running backs spearing me in the back, you know. Uh, I don't normally go with the compression long sleeve because I like the look of the loose long sleeve better, but I'll usually rock some long underwear. Uh, Under Armour compressions keep me warm. You know, I mean, usually when it's warmer out, you can wear other stuff, like, for style, but mostly right now I'm, I'm just looking to stay warm, do what I got to do out in the field. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that one. Pretty cold out this week again. Supposed to rain, yeah. so I'll probably be wearing the long sleeve with compressions. Okay, love it. Warm. Okay, last question: Your favorite football game you've played in, uh, in in any level, any year, to date so far? Um, shoot, I got two top ones, but I'd probably have to go. Probably have to go with playing. So my jun and juniors, which is youth, like third and fourth grader something like that. Uh, we played Cal Mum at the Bills Stadium at halftime, and that was a pretty surreal experience. Mm-hmm. There was about 50,000 people around, and 12-year-old little me was playing on the field, so I thought that was pretty crazy. But That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. My best experience probably has to be when I was in sixth grade, so seniors, and we played in the championship against Livonia on our home field after playing them in fourth grade when they beat us, and we came out and beat them by, like, 30. We just had some good yeah, memories Yeah, that's got to be mine, too. The, sure. state, the statement game. Lots of pictures and just memories from that game. <laughs> yeah, that's sure. awesome. Well, I think that's what, you know, a lot of people will you know, look at the youth level and say, ah, it's just youth, but you look at the youth level when it, you know, and, and when, you, when it means something, I think that propels for so many things moving forward. And, I mean, to have you guys each talk about a youth game – shows just how important those experiences are. So I think, you know, kudos to the youth youth coaches and the youth league that have make it memorable, you know, for you know for our guys. So 
All right. Listen, great having you guys on the podcast this week. You know, we're really proud of the, of the team and the product that we have on the field. And uh, let's get that pass this year, boys. Let's bring that block home. Yes, sure. sir. Thank you. Next up on the podcast this week, I'm really excited to continue the spotlight on our musical. And uh, this week, we have some new guests that we're going to uh, talk to to get to continue to learn more about the musical and, and the process behind uh, this year. And don't forget that the tickets right now for our movie musical uh, are on sale. You can go on to our website. You could go to our social media. You could see, you know, get the link wherever. And the uh, 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 the tickets are available for individual purchase or by family. And we are so excited uh, for this year's musical. So I'll let our guests introduce themselves, and we'll jump into some questions. I'm Austin Biggins. I'm a junior, and I am the stage manager for the musical this year. I'm Ali Privatera. I'm also a junior, and I am Sarah in our cast. So uh, let's let's start with you, Ali. Tell me about your experience as a person that's been a part of the musicals for years. You obviously have uh, been a part of the the stage production, live audience, you know, in and off the stage, uh, changing, you know, uh, outfits throughout, makeup, all these different things, right? And now this year, totally different experience, uh, but what has been a pretty cool experience. So kind of talk to people about your personal experience this year with the production of the musical. So it was, it was super fun this year. Honestly, I had a great time. Um, it was a little bit strange going from, you know, rehearsals and all the amp up for actual performances and like everybody, you know, tensions growing every week um, and that kind of on and off stage thing. But it was a little bit weird this year because it's all the amp up and you get super excited and then it's filming and then you're done. So it's not like as much of it's not as stressful as it usually is, um, although we still did have our individual responsibilities. So there was more emphasis on the individual in the cast this year as there was, you know, if you had a bigger part in the musical. So that was fun for me. I really enjoyed that. Um, and then in years past, <laughs> um, it's just a completely different experience, but I enjoyed having the video team. You guys did great. And it was kind of strange to learn alongside your friends but it was you know you knew everybody else was going through it too and everybody else was making it up as they went along so it was that interconnectivity piece so talk about just kind of the skill set that you guys literally just got right so i mean you have you've had as i said before a great skill set of live performing on a stage but the skill set of performing in front of a camera uh you know on sets in you know in a closed area uh in isolation with others in front of lights you know talk about just kind of the skill set that you've had to you know learn pick up and and get good at you know in a relatively short time well spatial awareness was a big part of it that you know you don't really realize until you're actually in front of the cameras and you have to stand perfectly in front of the green screen or else you're out of the shot and we have to redo it um so it was it was that different piece um and working with the sound equipment is something that we've done mics in past, but we haven't actually stood in the sound booth and done, you know, microphone up to your face, actually recording it to for production. So that was really fun. That was really interesting. Um, 
And then with the video equipment, it was weird to act with somebody constantly either moving a camera next to your face or trying to not look up at the cameras that you knew were like right in front of you. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a different skill set, but I thought it was fun to navigate and I thought it was pretty fun to just figure out. That's awesome. Now, Austin, uh, you know, you were one of those people moving around with a camera on the other side. Talk about your role this year. Um, you know, what, what did you have to do? How, how did you, um, you know, participate and make this what it is? Um, so my role this year was pretty much just making sure I was there for all the videoing, making sure everyone was getting the videos nice and proper for um, when we edited them. And then this year, me and Miss McLean did three-fourths of the editing along with Mr. K and Mrs. Pashanik and our new uh, assistant director, Mr. Curran. And we went through all the editing, and it should be done by the end of spring break. Now, normally you're on stage wearing a headset, calling the shots, you know, with, with, with a stage crew, uh, doing all those, you know, really awesome, fun, live things. You know, talk about just kind of this year how you yourself, you know, went from doing something like that to, you know, now you were filming, you're editing, you know, how, you know, talk about that skill set and how hard that was for you. Um, filming and editing this year was a lot out of sight, like out of the box for me. I never have done it. And I think I've grown a lot for things in my future. Um, this year was definitely less stressful than other years because other years I was running around with the chicken with my head cut off, just trying to make sure that everything was in the right place at the right time. So, And as far as just kind of like what you would call maybe your biggest challenge. So, you know, like in trying to, you know, maybe it was in the filming or the editing, like what is really kind of like one of the toughest, you know, maybe you know, something that wasn't as fun or it was a challenge? What, what would you put your finger on that? Um, definitely some of the challenges this year were trying to like make sure we got all the editing in at the right time and the all the videos were lined up with each other so that when one song went and two people were singing together, it sounded the same. So it wasn't all like mishmashed. So Allie, what are people, you know, and I don't want to give the farm away here. So like, let, let's, let's talk in some secrety. Um, you know, what are people going to when they buy a ticket and they sit down with their bag of popcorn on their couch to watch this show, you know, what are they going to walk away with after watching this? I think they're going to be surprised because this is obviously something that no one has, has had to do before with the circumstances and just, we haven't done before, especially at our school. And, um, so it's just going to be a unique experience for everyone. But, um, I honestly think they'll just walk away with an appreciation of what we've done to keep theater going for this year, just, you know, with COVID and all that fun stuff. Um, so I think it'll just be fun. And each each kind of section of the show has a different overall theme to it with, you know, like there are connections throughout. But I think different people will take away different things, just whatever speaks to them. And, you know, when you, when you hear the show must go on, I mean, that's, you guys truly define that this year. Talk about just the depth of talent that this cast has, you know, as far, you know, in, in a wide variety. You know, just, just talk about, you know, your fellow castmates and just the talent that you guys have. They, they are so talented. Um, honestly, I've had so much fun working with everybody this year. And, 
you know, I know from personal experience, it's not easy to get, you know, the perfect take with what we've, you know, had to (laughs) deal with as much as, you know, like everybody's trying their absolute hardest. And I think the adaptability is insane. And everybody is just pulling their weight completely because there's not much of an alternative option here. Sure. Um, so I think that's awesome. And everybody has done phenomenal this year and just, you know, the determination to actually, you know, make the show. Um, Austin, talk about just, just your, uh, your team, you know, the, the, the people that helped you, um, you guys brought in Mr. Curran, you know, how important was the teamwork aspect, you guys working together, learning on the job, you know, kind of give people a perspective of that. Um, the team this year was actually kind of quite nice. We had a small little team and we all worked together very good. Um, we tried making sure that we got all the editing done for Miss McLean that does all the final editing for the movie. And we actually succeeded that by being done in four days, which was nice for her. So she has more time to finalize everything. And Mr. Kern was definitely a great aspect because none of us knew how to use iMovie. And by the end of this, we were all pros at it. So... <laughs> Yeah, iMovie is uh, definitely the go-to, which um, is actually not the software that's being used for the final edit. I know Mrs. McLean is. Do you know what the name of that is? I don't know on the top of my head, but it's called Final Cut Pro. Yes, and she's done some serious training with that, and that's uh, some pretty high-level stuff. So, I mean, we're excited to see what that is going to look like. Bailey, um, talk to me about just the tradition of the musical here. You know. You've grown up, obviously, with older siblings coming to musicals, you know, kind of like eye-gazing at some of these, you know, kids growing up, and now you're one of them. I mean, talk about just what it means to be a musical performer here at Leroy and that tradition of excellence. Honestly, it's just, it's been part of my family since my sister, which isn't too long ago, but um, it's just kind of something that we've always done in my house like you know radio's always going (laughs) and that kind of thing and it's just a it was something you did it was something fun that you've seen other people do and it's like it's something you could you make your friends through and honestly I've just been really (laughs) part of the music program for a while now and I've just because I've grown up with it and I would not trade that experience for anything. I've made such great friends through here, and I'm sure those connections will last for a long, long time. All right, a couple questions for both of you guys to respond to. Um, your, uh, g- give us a shout-out to just what are the directors have meant to you um, and how they have helped you and help, you know, be, you know, allow you to be successful you know, here, here in, in, in the program. They've done so much for us this year. Like, I can't imagine what what the thought process must have been, like, over quarantine over the summer. Because, you know, obviously, we've enjoyed this so much this year. And this is honestly something we kind of needed after so much, like, oh, yeah, everything's canceled. Mm -hmm. Have fun with this. Um, So, honestly, they've done so much and forever grateful for them because they didn't have to do this. Like, I know they enjoy it almost as much, if not more, than we do, but they absolutely did not have to do this for us, and I'm so glad they did, because this is such an awesome experience. Um, The directors this year kind of let me go free. They let me do what I wanted to do. They said, it's my musical to show, so 
let me do whatever I wanted to do, and they were okay with it. So pretty much I had all free reign this year to do whatever I wanted, but definitely kudos to them because without them, our musicals would not be the same. Can't agree more. Your all-time favorite moment being a part of the musical. So it doesn't have to be this year. You know, like, you know, think back to any year that you've either seen a musical, been a part of the musical. You know, what is your, your all-time favorite memory so far? Because we still have more to come. Absolutely. I think, personally, our uh, shenanigans before the show, which is just a couple of our rituals, and I can't spoil too much because that's a rite of passage when you get here. Um, but no, honestly, those are so much fun and it's everybody just getting amped up before the show and it's just so much fun. Um, most of my favorite memories are pretty much before the show days, just hanging out with friends in the band room or the course room, watching movies, talking about stuff or just playing cards around the school. Yeah, it's it's such a, so, a great social aspect of, of being a part of a family atmosphere that, that is the musical. So, well, listen, I can't thank you guys enough for being on the podcast. And, um, you know, we're so proud of the work that you've done. And we can't wait to, you know, sit in our couches and, and, and watch this show. And, you know, we, we, we can't urge you enough to get, a, to get on there and get a ticket um, or a family pass and enjoy this year's musical. So thank you guys so much. Look forward to seeing you on the big screen. We'll finish up the podcast this week with my social media pick of the week. This week I'm going with our post from Friday the 26th announcing our return back to five-day learning experience. It has been a long road uh, to get back to this point, and it has been a very interesting road uh, and a challenging road. But it's a road in which uh, we've traveled together, uh, we've prepared for to be in this situation, uh, and we have a lot of people to thank. And I uh, want to you know, just start off by thanking our school community and the support that they've given us you know, through and through during this pandemic. Our teachers, our buildings and grounds, our staff, our support staff, all of the team here that has uh, continued to make students a first priority in everything that we do. And we're just so thankful uh, to be able to have the opportunity to come back for a five-day learning experience. We know that change is tough. We know that you know coming back is, is not as glamorous as everyone thinks it's going to be. Um, you know, it, it's a change. And I think, you know, we just continue to push our students to prepare themselves for new routine um, and know that we have plenty of people here, you know, to support them during this, this change. Um, I, I kind of refer to like riding a bike. It'll take a few days to kind of get back into the gear. Uh, but once you're back on, you know, you kind of remember the, the, the glory days and you remember how to do it. And that's what's going to happen here. And we're really excited uh, to continue this journey together. Uh, this year's theme is uh, nightitude. And, you know, we talk about how the comeback is always stronger than the setback and that's exactly what we've witnessed so far this year and we look forward to that continuing as we go into a strong finish here in a whack and night country so uh, make sure to review all the welcoming back materials uh, into this five-day experience and we look forward to april 6 i want to wish happy spring break to all of our nights enjoy this time renew rest relax and get yourself ready to rock and roll for April 6th. I hope everyone has a great break. 
As always from Awaka Night Country, go Knights.